0: Hello, and welcome to the Around the Net podcast by RoundNet World. We are your hosts, Andrew Keel and Simon Leonard, and we invite you along with us as we chat with ballers from around the world.
1: first ever Round the Net episode, uh, the first of which we hope as many to come. Uh, Today we're joined by Clemens von Hainisch. Clemens is an influential part of the German Roundnet community and is a member of the team Wack Attack, Mm -hmm. a team that finished on the podium at Euros in 2019. Welcome to the podcast, Clemens.
2: Yeah, good morning. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So how did I do on your last name there? Uh,
2: It's it's good. Um, (laughs) Von Hainisch. It's not easy with the two Bahrainous. dots on the A. Um, it's not easy, especially in English, where it's you're not used to having the the accents. <clears throat> but it was a good attempt. I've heard
1: a lot worse. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's what I was going for. As long as it wasn't the worst you've heard. So yeah, Clemens. Uh, yeah, just welcome, and we um, yeah look forward to to learning from you today. But we want to just start by just hearing. Bit more about yourself uh, as a person, as a player, and maybe we can just start off with just hearing what do you actually do uh, outside of round net.
2: Yeah, um, so I'm 24 years old. Um, I live in Cologne, in Germany, and um, I finished a bachelor's two years ago in uh, sport and prevention. And now I've started a master's in prevention and health management with a special focus on occupational health and well-being. Um, And on the side, I'm more of a freelance. I don't really have a a full-time job uh, other than working essentially a full-time scope for Roundnet Germany, (laughs) obviously as a a volunteer. Um, But yeah, so I'm mainly in companies looking at health, well-being and also um, safety um, which obviously now through Corona has been dampened down a bit because you can't really go into companies. So it gives me more time to work on round net stuff, which is nice. Um, more of the organizational parts at the moment, um, because playing in Germany, isn't really possible due to the restrictions, but yeah, that's essentially the most important things <laughs> to me, to myself.
1: That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so, so, yeah, it sounds like you keep busy enough and I'm sure there's a lot of work to do with, as we all know, there's always a lot of work to do, even though it is just volunteering with a lot of the round stuff. Uh, it certainly can take up a lot of time, but I think it's also time well spent. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you play on, uh, or at least you did play on a team called whack attack. Uh, Jerry, you still playing with that teammates and with that team name.
2: Yes, I am. Um, we haven't played in a while. So my team, my team partner, Toby, um, also from Cologne, um, great guy, um, has the body of an old man cause he's always getting himself injured <laughs> with back problems and knee problems and whatever. Um, but yeah, we're sticking at it. Not that intense at the moment because of the restrictions and cause Toby has, um, started an internship, um, to become a teacher. So that's super time-consuming, but we're hoping to get back at it in in summer, and we're really keen to to play a lot of a lot of tournaments.
1: Yeah, I actually had the chance to play with Toby. He, him, and his if we have his girlfriend or wife, but they came through Norway. uh, I think, well, I guess it would have been before COVID, so over a year ago. And, uh, yeah, we got to play some, some games here and that was a lot of fun. And then he went on, uh, to like back to Germany. And then you guys went on to, uh, do very well at Euros in 2019. Uh, Do you want to share about that experience?
2: Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a good year in 2019. Um, we only really started playing together then. So we met, uh, 2018 in in the win- beginning of winter um and then yeah euros was it was hard to predict because there were so many teams coming from all over europe and we would only really played against um german teams apart from the few um the few tournaments like the uh, grand slam in belgium where we got to play against Tom and Joel from from the U.S., which was um, interesting to get, such a whooping. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, the Euros, uh, amazing tournament. Um, Super happy about the position. Obviously, it would have been been nicer to win. Um, It was a close call in the final. Uh, Interesting game against uh, Benny and Marianos from, from Graz. but yeah I was super happy Um, Toby had an even more successful tournament than me because he I don't know how but he managed to play the the day after with his girlfriend Merle and they won the mixed tournament Um, don't ask me how he did that I was completely dead on Sunday (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah different story
0: that had to be the most incredible spectating game that I've ever watched Um, we if people don't know the story behind the finals um, at Euros 2019 in Cologne, um, we've been playing all day. What time did we start up, Clemens?
2: Good question. Maybe around six. I mean, nice. it was September, so it got dark a bit earlier again.
1: Mm.
0: And um, then we we kept on going the whole way to the darkness. It was probably dark at maybe 8 p.m. and... Uh, when the players when the spectators decided the players couldn't see anymore we all took out our our phone torches and from your experience right would you advise that for any other tournament director where the lights go down
2: probably not <laughs> because most most of the lights were at eye level and so every time the ball crossed the the height of the phone lights <laughs> you kind of had to reorientate and look where the ball was. Um, yeah, not great, but I mean we both had the same, the same circumstances. So mm. I mean, yeah, they just pulled through, even though Benny had cramps after the yeah. first first set, um, which was also a reason why it, it got so dark so quickly because we had to have a break for about half an hour. Oh, um, wow. yeah. But yeah, those guys were fighters and yeah came out on top.
1: Yeah. So who was actually the, um, or I don't know if there was, but like, were you both teams that were expected to be in the finals? Like, obviously you guys both expected to do very well, but I don't know if like, I'm just thinking of a team like optic boom or maybe some other ones that I that I don't know.
0: Tom Rogers. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
1: So is it fair to say that both those teams, although they're expected to do well, weren't expected to be playing each other in the finals.
2: I think we got quite lucky because we were on the different branch to all those teams. So um, the Austrians, they kicked out... Who did they kick out? They kicked out Lucas and Matty from from Cologne, who are also really good. Um, SJB P- Fire um, and Optic Boone, they met in the quarterfinals, which was super early, um, where Optic Boone came out on top. And then the Austrians knocked out Optic Boom, which was also a super, super close game. Um, yeah, and then we finally got knocked out by Dio Knede, the Austrians in the final. So they had a really good run. They kicked out a lot of good teams, so the win was definitely deserved on their part.
0: God, we should have had a documentary crew following them on their their meteoric rise on that day. I didn't know that they had the, the harder route to it because... Uh, Previous to seeing them in the final,
2: I had no idea who they were. Um, It was definitely wasn't expecting to see them in the final. I'm not going to lie. Because I I, saw them, I saw them um, in the beginning of 2019 and Toby and I quite easily um, beat them in the indoor Masters. I mean, it was Benny with another player um, and they developed a lot and they definitely weren't on our radar, really. Mm. So, yeah, they are now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did it just speaking about Euro 2019, right? What did that kind of mean to your community at, uh, around at Germany and also around a club Cologne? um, had you been working a long time towards something like that and did it, did it help your growth
2: as a community? Absolutely. So it has to be said, the tournament was um, mainly organized by the Raunet Club in Cologne. So it wasn't a Raunet Germany project, um, even though most of us working with at Germany were also in the club at the time. Um, but it was a big, um, a big project. There were 10 of us working on it for at least a year where we met up every two or three weeks discussing. Everyone had the specific, uh, area, which they had to work on. Um, yeah. And just the feeling of then having those two days where so many things could have gone wrong. I mean, it was September, the weather could have been terrible. Mm. Um, a lot of things, yeah, could have happened that would have made it worse. Um, but everything just seemed to work. Everything fell into place. The weather was super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the day that we were setting up, and on the day where we were um, on the Monday afterwards, the weather was terrible, but the Saturday and Sunday was couldn't have been better, really. Um, and yeah, I can't describe the feeling that we had um, hosting it, having such a successful tournament. Um, everyone being in a good mood, lots of great people, great atmosphere, and it definitely helped to. I mean it would have helped a lot more to grow the sport in the area because it was like the last big event um before Corona hit, hmm. so it gave a lot of momentum um which was then dampened down a bit so how many teams did you guys have at that tournament again uh, on the Saturday we had in total about one hundred and fifty, so we had we had a hundred and i think a bit more 128 men's teams and 32 women's teams Mm. um and on the sunday we had 115 mixed teams so a a lot of athletes
0: general number of how many countries that they came from
2: i think 15 if i'm not mistaken wow wow between 10 and 15 so it was a very good turnout we were very happy Mm. Um, I think around about 60% of the participants were from Germany Um, and then some of the some of the countries were only represented by one, two or three teams Mm. but it was great to see just such a big variety there and for any
0: um, of our US or Canada or outside European listeners listening in here um, all of those 15 countries thank God most players speak perfect English so if you're like me and you're Irish and you only have one language, going to these tournaments is an incredible social experience. And I always say that I'm so thankful to all of you um, European players who have gone, <laughs> have done so great in learning English. And it's, uh, yeah, just when I, when I hear kind of, or when I'm able to converse with you guys and kind of gets an idea of such a different background, yeah. Um, it's just so incredible. So yeah, coming to these European events is such a great social experience to meet all these people. And like meeting people from 15 different countries over two days, it's pretty, you don't get that experience in many other things.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Mm. And yeah, uh, what Simon just said, um, It's definitely good for the lazy UK people who only speak English and don't want to learn another language. (laughs) I mean, I learned
0: French, Clemens, but it's just gone from me after uh, six years of learning and it just left my brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Too filled with round net knowledge and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I had, I'm from Canada, so we had to learn French. So I think I had in school for eight or nine years. And I cannot speak a, I don't think I can do a full sentence in French. Uh, Now I have learned a fair amount of Norwegian in my time here. So at least I have that as a second language, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. The fact that I spent so long learning, or I guess clearly I wasn't learning, but in theory, learning uh, French and it just, yeah, escapes my brain.
2: (laughs) But it comes back quickly. If you start speaking it again, start learning it again, if you've learned it once before.
0: The challenge is on. You'll all see me speaking French now at uh, Worlds 2021. Come on, about two. All right, it's <that's> good. Perfect. <laughs> Just yeah, so another question about uh, community while we're while ahead. we're on that part. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys obviously organized such an incredible event. Um, shout out to Rana Club Cologne in 2020 2019, um, but. For someone that wants to organize an event, um, what kind of a structure have you guys put in place? So you said that there was 10 people on that team. So what what kind of uh, roles did each of those people have and what what were the most important ones, say for a team of five who are organizing a national tournament?
2: What should they be looking for? Yeah, good question. Um, So we mainly had two people that were kind of organizing the whole that, that taking the lead role. So that was Lucas and Niels who have been there since the start in Germany. They also founded around at Germany. Um, and then we didn't really have set um, roles per person that mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, I guess it um, established itself over time but we had to find a structure. We had to decide what jobs had to be done. And then people volunteered um, and Niels and Lucas, they kind of kept the, kept the overview of everything.
0: Mm.
2: Um, so yeah, you have, obviously you have to look for, look for sponsorships. Um, you have to look for prizes and stuff. Um, you have to look at the location and then figure out all the, all the stuff with the city so that you can, play music and, um, so that you can stay on the, on the grounds for later than is normally allowed. So there's a lot of, a lot of legal stuff that you have to figure out. Um, marketing, obviously getting it out there. Um, so yeah, hard, hard to say lots of, lots of different jobs and we didn't really have a a fixed structure Mm. like we do now in Roundnet Germany, it kind of just established itself, I guess.
0: Yeah, you have to learn on the job, right? That's the best way yeah. to find what you really need.
1: Yeah, so when you said that uh, it was Nielsen Lucas who founded Roundnet Germany, so obviously it started with two people uh, on the leadership team there. So how, um, how many people are you know a part of the organizational standpoint of Roundnet Germany now? And was that like a really quick growth? Um, or was it kind of like slowly adding one or two people over every few weeks or or every few months or something?
2: Yeah, so Niels and Lucas, they founded it in, I think, 2018. And they founded it as a company to start off with because their dream was to, they put a lot of time into it already to make a bit of money from it. Um, and then Corona started to kick in. Um it was going quite well with all the, the different events and partnerships and stuff. Um and we wanted to get a few more people on board because it was too much work for the amount of money that was coming in. Mm. Um so then three of us, um Marcel, Philip, and myself, we came on board uh in early 2020. Yeah. Yeah, last year pre-covid sorry pre-covid pre-covid pretty much pre-covid um to just help along the way because yeah we they were slowly starting to realize there was too much effort going in um it wasn't really a profit orientated um company and they wanted to go more in the direction of okay we're gonna have to earn our money a different way um but we obviously want to carry on um, putting in the effort, getting the word out, um, making Roundnet round bigger in Germany.
0: Mm.
2: And then, uh, COVID came and we were all kind of in the mindset that maybe a company isn't the way to go forward. Um, so we'd rather want to make an NGB. Um, and that was then decided and in round about August, um, the NGB was then officially founded. Wow. Um, there were then six of us involved So Moritz got involved as well. Also from Cologne. Um, and yeah, then we were building it up and officially in February this year, 2021, um, we got these committees up and running and you could become a member and we, kind of opened up round at Germany to the whole of Germany. Um, anyone could apply to get involved. And we were baffled by the amount of um, interest that came rolling in. So I think there were around about 26, 27 people, a lot of which we'd never met before, um, which was quite surprising, Um, which was a really great sign that even now during Corona, so many people are so involved, so motivated to get the sport going. Mm -hmm. And now in a... In one year, essentially, our team has grown from two people to 32 people, <laughs> um, all working on a voluntary wow. basis. Um, so, yeah, now it's just up and running. Um, I'm very excited to see what different projects um, will, be, will be done in Germany. There's a lot of good new ideas coming in. Obviously, there's a lot more brain power. Um, we're trying to give them as much space and freedom to do what they want um, what they feel is necessary what they enjoy and yeah see how that goes working on nine different committees
0: what are this team um, who are they uh, working for so can you give us a kind of rundown of if you know how many players where they're from that kind of thing about round at Germany uh,
2: what do you mean exactly so do you
0: have I, I understand that there's a lot of communities popping up all over Germany um, like I can name a, a few off the top of my head but uh, do you know in terms of round Germany's organization how many round clubs there are around Germany um, generally how many players there there might be registered that kind of thing
2: yeah so official clubs there are about 15 in germany um there's a lot of communities that haven't officially founded clubs yet um and yeah obviously only official clubs registered clubs can become a member of Roundup germany as well as any individual player as well Hmm. um there's a lot more a lot more different communities that are very new very small um and hopefully we'll, we can help them to make it to an officially recognized um, registered club soon. Mm-hmm. And players, um, if we look at the player zone, which was created by, by us, um, we have around about 600 registered players. Um, but yeah, my interpretation is that that's really just the active players, mainly. Because now, for example, if you go into Cologne, um, even now during the lockdown, I was, I was on a big field last week and we saw, I was there with Lucas um, and we saw 20 different round net sets.
0: Wow.
2: All yeah. with at least four people. And we thought to ourselves, okay, we looked around and of these 80 people, at least playing around that we knew maybe maximum of five probably less um mm-hmm. and so there's so many people playing the sport i think there's also in germany so many people playing the sport they've just got to know it and they don't even know Rounder germany exists so that's kind of our aim our vision is to get everyone at least involved at least everyone to know that round of germany exists and um mm-hmm. yeah spread the word as much as possible it's so good to see that it's spreading so much
0: so do you have a strategy when it comes to that? That's that's definitely something that us here around Ireland are, are trying to do. We have sets out there in people's back gardens, but we don't have them at the tournament. So I think this is a global um, challenge that we all face and would love to, to hear what you guys think might be the solution.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of different strategies. I think one of the most influential ones is to really host... Or help to host as many tournaments as possible yeah and then really focus on tournaments that are attractive for new players they so not just have tournaments where the good teams come but also tournaments where the community the the fun aspect is in the in the uh, foreground yeah so you don't have teams that come up and destroy everyone mm. um so yeah, lots of beginner tournaments, lots of mixed tournaments, lots of women's tournaments as well, because obviously you want women to get involved in the sport because it's yeah, very attractive for women as well. Um, that's probably the main thing. Through tournaments, then you have a big scene. You have the players talking about it with their friends and family, and that's how it's, you spread the word, really, when you really get the people involved, you get the people traveling you get to meeting new people and that's, I think one of, in round like one of the biggest plus points is that the community is so valuable, so strong. Um, that's what I noticed, especially in Europe, you can travel around, you meet so many different people and people get locked in because if you compare it to like football or these other, um, established sports, they really the sport is in the, in the center and everything is like hard training and I don't know, the community is just not there. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, like I said, a big, big plus point for, for round net, which I hope
1: stays. (laughs) Mm. So earlier you mentioned that both clubs and players can become members of round net Germany. Um, and I think I have an understanding of how a club becomes a member of round net Germany, but what, what's kind of like your process for, uh, bringing an individual to be a part of Brown At Germany like what's the how do they you know go from not being a member to becoming a member
2: um yeah so essentially it's it's exactly the same if you want to become a member of a of a society so it's uh, it's all online now it takes 3 minutes you just fill in the form you need a an account um on the player zone and then essentially you have access to all of the the benefits that we provide so we have reductions for official round at germany tournaments you have access to the coaching zone um which i can talk a bit more about in a minute um yeah lots of different (laughs)
1: benefits yeah so the incentive is that they um you know, they obviously get to officially be part of the community, which is super cool, but they actually do receive, um, some benefits of having, um, yeah, discounted rates, uh, at tournaments. And uh, I think you're yeah going to talk about the coaching and zone and stuff. So there's something like there's an incentive for them to become a member. And that kind of works, you know, great for both parties because your membership grows, but then they're also receiving something from it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so obviously every, every individual member also has a vote. Um, for any big decisions so they can also then um, decide how the sport progresses in Germany can you give us an example of a time maybe you had a vote with your 600 members Um, so at the moment we only have well I say only um, around 90 members Mm. so there's a lot more active players Um, a lot Uh, of people still need to become an official member because you can only you only have been able to become a member since, um, since February. Okay. And we, we had our first general meeting, um, one and a half weeks ago, and we got one more person into the board. So now we're seven people into the, in the board and that was voted. Um, we had changes to the general, um, bylaws, um, talking about the fees, the reductions, for example, how much you save if you're a member, stuff like that so all those things were were put to the vote awesome and it does sound
0: like your community and my understanding as um, a european player that your community is really um guiding the way forward for the rest of europe so what does in your opinion make your community so special
2: um good question i think one of the main things is that we're super lucky to have so many people that are prepared to put in so much work um mm. so it's nearly obviously uh like lucas and Niels, they set the they set the groundstones for everything but we have people all over germany that put in their own time they put in their own money um to spread the word they are founding clubs they're creating or they're writing about round in their uh in their university um in their work in their papers um Amazing. it's just the accumulated effort by the whole country mm. um without asking for much in return and that i think is extremely special in germany that mm. it's yeah Awesome
1: <clears throat> yeah, so what was that coaching zone you had mentioned that That's one of the benefits of uh, becoming a member they have access to so um, yeah, so the coaching zone have you guys around at Germany made up a series of uh, videos and tutorials that I assume would be in German are very attractive for for the players
2: Yeah, so the coaching zone is quite new it's part of the player zone, and it's a platform. Um, that I worked on with, with Martin, um, from Opladen, um, and others from around Germany. And essentially anyone who's a member can upload, um, exercises. They can upload videos, exercises. They can even upload, um, for training sessions, um, for, yeah, for clubs, for trainings. And mm. uh, you can comment on it. You can, um, build your own training sessions from the from the excess individual exercises that have been uploaded and so yeah the idea is that the more people are members the more people use the coaching zone the more content is uploaded and the easier it is to then take out um, exercises to train yourself train with your team train with your club um completely different exercise if you want to train by yourself or with your just with your partner just the two of you or with a group of 20 people what exercises are there what skill level are you what material do you have etc
0: and your community are doing this free of charge just really to to support the growth of the sport and maybe get their own brand out there i suppose as a as a maybe a coach or a one of the best players
2: uh, this isn't free of t- it's free for all the members. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's, it's not free. Um, we also, so from the start, we made all the exercises in English and German uh. and also because uh, we want it to be international at the end of the day, because yeah, the more people use it, the better. Um, We're not using it to make a profit, um, but we have now decided to open up to anyone who wants to take part for, I think we decided on 12 euros a year. So one euro a month, essentially. So anyone in the world can access the coaching zone and these 12 euros then go towards round at Germany towards um, helping to progress the sport in Germany at the end of the day. So if you're interested, just let us know uh, and we'd be happy to get you on board. And I'm really excited about it. Um, well, a lot of time went into it, a lot of optimization to be done, but I think it's got real potential. That's awesome to see you guys kind of putting something on that
0: global scale, you know, um, really doing something for the entire world community because uh, we all appreciate stuff like that. Um, it's, it's kind of the assistance that you need and it's great to see it coming out of Germany as one of the kind of leading EU centers around it.
1: Yeah, so you had mentioned that, uh, so obviously, you know, these members are paying, uh, or not, sorry, not the members, any non-members paying a small amount uh, for this coaching stuff. Um, but obviously, you know, in order to do the things you guys do on the scale, that you guys do it on, there must be uh, money coming in from, you know, other places. I think before you mentioned sponsorship. So I think it's very interesting for, for clubs and for NGBs uh, to hear and learn a little bit more about how, I mean, you know, because whether you're a business or a nonprofit, like you, money is important. It's not everything, but it's very important. And so, yeah, could you share a little bit about uh, kind of like the financial structure behind Roundnet Germany, and what makes you guys uh, able to have sustainable growth.
2: Yeah, um, sponsorships is a, a tricky, a tricky mm-hmm. topic, especially if you're if you're so if you're small, um, in a not in a, yeah in a very young sport. Um, the most valuable you think you can have is connections. So I think the number one tip is to really get out there, get stuff organized, get talking to people, um, talk to as many friends, family as possible, because most of the time you'll have a conversation and you'll realize, oh, hey, maybe you can help me. Maybe it's interesting for you. Or they'll tell someone else about it and they'll know someone who is in a sporting organization that are looking for sponsorships. Um That's really the most valuable the most valuable thing because when you're in the sporting scene um, if you have corporations with other sporting with other sports other sporting events then they will be connected to sponsors that are in the same um, yeah in the same interest field Um, and so networking with them networking with everyone else Will get you a lot closer to to finding the the sponsors that could be that could be interesting for you. And other than that, it's yeah, it's very difficult. It's very frustrating, <laughs> <laughs> very hard to find to find money to get money involved. Um, obviously, because the aim should be to take as little money as possible from the players and get as much from the big organisations that want to maybe do a bit of advertisement and have money to throw out at the end of the day.
0: I'm picturing the Paul beach days, which you guys um, kind of attend every year. And it's something that I have always hoped would be in Ireland. And I figured out that's something relatively similar where it's kind of a meeting of all of these different sports in one place. And um, it actually does happen. So I don't know, can you, can you explain a little bit about that Paul beach days and maybe other people who are
2: listening might be on the lookout for similar events where they can get rounded into. Yeah. So Palana beach days, unfortunately doesn't exist anymore because of oh. Corona. Uh, be back, at, least, really? at least they said that it's unlikely that they'd be back because they've lost, they've lost too much. They've all the, all their income essentially has gone out the window because they haven't been able to host events, which is yeah. a massive shame. Um, but yeah, that was a a group of people, they just organized, um, beach events with lots of different sports, um, to so beach, soccer, beach, rugby, beach, volleyball. Then they got round that involved. Um, and they had a cooperation with a, a beer producer, um, Polana, um, which, which is where they got most of their money. It was for them, obviously a big advertisement scheme, big, um, strategy um And we had a connection to them, or I think they might have even got in got in contact with Lucas or Niels, mm. and said, "Hey, we're organising this. Roundnet uh, is a cool transport. Um, could get you involved." And that's where, yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think you're kind of saying it there that as Roundnet does become more mainstream in your local area, the th- things will come to you i suppose um that if there is something associated with a beach game or something social um just make sure that your your community is kind of out there ready to be contacted and and you're ready to to put yourself out there um
2: and yeah
0: exactly at the end end of the day
2: you want to give a reason why why companies want to um, cooperate with you Mm. So you want to really get out there. You want to get as many people as involved as possible. Um, yeah, you want to give as much as possible without accepting, uh, expecting to receive um, mm. as much. So you really have at the start, you have to really give, 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 um, get the word out, get as many people involved as possible. And then eventually the opportunities will come Um, not completely by themselves, but they'll come a lot easier as soon as you've got a big network up and running.
1: I was listening to a podcast with, uh, Jack Scotty from the SRA. And he was saying that, um, you know, now when they plan their tour series, they're actually having, I think they kind of open up like an application and they actually have cities or parks and recs apply to, to be the ones or to be the place where, Spikeball hosts their tour series. So instead yeah. of Spikeball going to people and saying, "Hey, can we host uh, at your place?" They've actually now ha- have this so that people are wanting them to come to their city. And I think that's just like—I mean, you can't expect that in year one, probably. But I think that's really cool just to see the growth of what you're saying. Yeah. At the beginning, you give, 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 um, and but then hopefully it grows to that point where actually you know people see the value in it um, from both a business and social standpoint, and you know, people then want you to come to them. And I think that's a really good sign of the growth around that heading in the right direction.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more.
1: So to end our chat about uh, not the whole chat, but our segment about round that Germany here, if you could, yeah, I know you've already given plenty of tips and uh, good information, but if there, if there's just, you know, one or two things you could, just uh end on and just give a tip uh for anybody who's thinking about founding an organization or they have founded and they're just you know working hard to grow it um yeah any kind of wise words that you would have for them um stick at it uh
2: stay patient don't expect too much too quickly um but just work to get the word out um give more than you expect to receive and that way it will hopefully for you fall into place um yeah just stick at it it's worth it it's a lot of work but it's worth it especially when hopefully corona will be will be over or we can deal with it mm. um it'll be worth it just to get out into Europe, into the world and meet lots of like-minded round net players. Mm. Second that hundred percent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. All right. That's awesome. I and mean, we could talk about, uh, yeah, the growth of roundnet Germany and just all the amazing stuff they've done in EU and that they're doing in Germany and for the growth of the sport uh, all day. But we will uh, move on to kind of our last part here. Uh, where we're just going to ask you some random questions that we'll, we plan to ask a lot of our guests. Uh, they have no, there's no specific topic. We'll just kind of go through a few, uh, few ones that we think is kind of fun. And the first of which we want to ask you is what is your biggest or some of your biggest round net pet peeves?
2: Oh, yeah, (laughs) there are a few, um, so I think one of my biggest ones is in de- defense. When someone hits and I, for whatever reason, don't ask me why, I just jump too early.
0: Yeah.
2: And then I'm standing in the air. It feels like a lifetime and the ball is going over my head. I'm like, well, if I was on the ground, I could easily run to it. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you're, you're so helpless. Your feet are off the ground yeah. and you land and it would have been such an easy get uh but yeah i I
0: remember yeah. that number one rule we were taught by um pj and tyler when they came over to our first european grand slam in belgium and they did like a masterclass with us which was incredible and that was one of the main things they said and i think well for me anyway i'd never heard that before um and i've been like ingraining it in myself ever since don't jump don't jump and now that I got back playing last week, I'm jumping every time. And I actually I land and I just like curl up in a ball. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I, idiot.
2: It's 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 exactly <laughs> like that. I tell it to myself every time. And automatically I just jump in the air at a specific occasion. I'm like, ah, oh, stop it. <laughs> sure. yeah. Do you have
1: any other uh, yeah, any other frustrating nuances of the game that come to mind?
0: It can be something that someone else does, you know, not just you.
1: Yeah, like like when Simon never knows what the score is. For
0: yeah, yeah. That's uh, for all the years I've been playing, I still haven't got a grasp of the scores.
1: <laughs> yeah, but counting, learning how to count will probably be helpful.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm an engineer, man. I just use a calculator. Um, yeah, the
1: problem is you don't have that with you out on the
0: well, I'm gonna have to you'll see me at the next tournament whipping out my calculator. <laughs> one, two, yeah, three, three.
2: <laughs> uh, hmm, let me think. Um, one of the things that annoys me—it's I don't know if it's really a pet peeve, but it annoys me—is when you hit a serve and it, you get them with an ace, and then they're like, "Ah, no, 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 you didn't say the score." Oh. And you're like, "Okay." In theory, it's the rule, but. Yeah. You were obviously yeah. ready. <laughs> it was a good serve. And now don't be a jerk. Like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, it gets sure. to me. I'm, I'm like, okay, fine. Should replay play the point? It's yeah. fine. Hopefully yeah, I, hit the with ace again. Way. But usually then it's a double fault.
0: <laughs> when going to, compared to playing locally here in Ireland, where we're just, I would tell someone, the rule and then they'll just accept it but uh yeah i've had that that other experience when you go to europe when it's like the exact thing that you just said there it's it's kind of a rule that you don't take
2: so seriously back home you're like oh man come on yeah yeah it's it's it has such a big difference how you play at home like in cologne Mm. when we play it's we put so much uh focus on fair play so Mm. If the if the ball is playable, even the second serve, even if it's a pocket, but it's easy to play, then we play it. Yeah, and then you have to get used to it. Then when you go to tournaments, play against other communities in Germany or other countries, a lot of them will just catch it and say, "Okay, well, our point." And it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> we play <laughs> different. We we try to stick to it in the tournaments. Although I have to admit, if it's a if it's an important game, then um, the probably you'll also you also catch it in certain situations but yeah something you have to get used to and it's yeah it's just different how you play you have to accept how other
1: people play and just the way it is yeah fair enough so speaking of traveling and playing against different teams or in different countries do you have uh or i guess yeah what's the furthest that you've traveled to play um or if you don't think the furthest you've ever traveled is very a very um impressive do you have like a cool travel experience around now around
2: that that you'd like to share so one story is probably accumulated the longest journey for the least actual round at time <laughs> was <laughs> last year to switzerland um when the five of us from round at germany um wanted to go to want to go skiing and we wanted to host a, a snow cup the first snow cup in cooperation with with a travel organization. And we drove down by car, and we thought on the way we'd stop in Bern in Switzerland. And so we drove down from Cologne 600 kilometers, um, had some pickup games, ate some very expensive pizza with them, um, which was a very cool afternoon and evening. And then the next day we drove 400 kilometers um, further to the ski resort, when we got there, um, it was the start of Corona In the evening, everything was fine in the morning. I went down to get my skis notice on the door as of this morning, the ski resort is closed. <laughs> no.
1: Oh,
2: no. Uh, and so we spent the day, um, in the sun drinking beer and playing a bit of rounder in the snow and in the evening we drove 900 kilometers back to Cologne. <laughs> Did you, you, you played the snow who won the, the first ever official snow cup no we didn't we didn't have a didn't have a, <laughs> a tournament unfortunately it was five of us playing with a beer in hand trying to make the most of the one day we had there <laughs> well look the good yeah. memories were made out of it in the end even though uh, it was it was still a goes. great trip yeah it's great to be in Bern great community mm-hmm. um, it was still worth it awesome
1: Yeah. So do you have a one, well, yeah, one serious and one funny suggestion to improve the sport? I know there's, you know, lots, I mean, there's been the recent rule changes and still lots of more possible rule changes. Um, So we were thinking, yeah, it's kind of, it's fun to hear like what you seriously think about improving the sport, but then also it could be yeah fun to hear kind of, uh, you know, there's always those suggestions out there that are just so unrealistic, but kind of funny to talk about, but do you have, Yeah. Would you like to share one or both of those things?
2: So one suggestion, which is, it's serious, but it's not very realistic, unfortunately. Um, I would love to play with circular walls. So like Mm. in a squash hall, but circular and the walls slightly slanted so that the balls that are hit hard and far bounce back, essentially. Uh, I would love to play with that, but obviously not very realistic because try building something like that
1: never heard of that before that's <laughs> awesome. you know i've actually thought about that because some of the most fun i've ever played uh, or ever had playing was in a squash court but then yeah. of course you know i mean part of the strategy but then also part of the annoying thing when you're on defense is like when they do get that perfect shot right into the corner and you're like oh man if there's no corners there'd be no corner shots and that rally would have continued so i definitely uh yeah i can i agree and support your idea for round walls yeah, have
2: you seen the sport that's it's like round net but with rackets in a yes. court? Yes, that looks great fun. Yeah, I
1: think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Essentially, replace that in the middle with a round net set and just playing round net. I think that would be incredible long rallies. I think the team to lose would be the team to kind of break down <laughs> <the> first. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it just turns into long-distance running with a bit of uh, hand-eye yeah. coordination. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Worlds, as we unfortunately know, has been postponed to uh, 2022. Uh, but for our last question here, and really really question more of a, a statement, um, would you be willing to give us your hot take for Worlds 2022?
2: As much as it pains me to say I think America will win (laughs) I think the gap is too big Um, I think Europe was on a good way Of catching up Um, But now through Corona Seeing that essentially The Americans can still play For whatever reason um, And in Europe it's died down a lot um, The gap will continue to exist Definitely until 2022 We'll have to see how long it takes For us to catch up um second place um either canada probably canada uh, or germany i must say um obviously a bit biased but i think germany just had the advantage that they have so many players and so many teams that are top level yeah there are obviously other countries like the uk like austria um czech republic that have very good players very good teams as well but only one or two that are really at the top level, whereas Germany can provide five six, seven teams that are all at a very similar high level, mm. which is the advantage if you play the system that is played for uh, in worlds. So what
0: I'm hearing is Renner Germany are gonna knock Canada off of their their second place perch. You heard it here first?
1: Yeah, if it's going to be a hot take, we need we need a bit of bit of spice in there. So we're that's, going to put that hot. We're going to say that hot take for you. I'm
2: not going to pretend that that's not our goal. <laughs> if we manage <laughs> that, then stuff. we couldn't be more pleased. Aye. So we'll see how that goes.
1: We'll stick at it. Do yeah. Lots of time to train until then.
2: Hard to say, obviously, because I've never played against Canadians. I've never played. Who knows what other countries are out there? How how they play in Chile, how they play in, in Indonesia, whatever. So i am just, that's the thing that frustrates me the most is that the, the world's being postponed again. Um, obviously it's the right decision, but I can't wait to play against teams from around the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're all, we're all looking forward to that. Um, oh man, it'll just be, it'll be so much fun, especially after all this time uh, off, or at least off from traveling. I mean, A, just to travel again will be a lot of fun, but then to show up and just see what people have been up to during quarantine or during uh, their time off, I think, I think we'll all be even, uh, I think we'll all just be in for such a surprise on like that first tournament of like, wow, the level has, I mean, hopefully, presumably really increased, but then at the same time, we haven't had a lot of experience playing in big games. So I almost wonder if during pool play, you know, things will be quite, you know, solid and people will be really good, you know, using their skills that they've worked up over the time. But then once it gets to bracket play, people haven't been playing in any big games for so long. If things might get you know a little bit more sloppy or you know the nerves might settle in a little bit more. Um so yeah, it'll just be a blast and we all get back together and see what happens.
0: Mm. I'm just thinking after what you said, Clemens, that we wouldn't really have played any American or Canadian teams until the world's comes about. We should probably plan a trip to the U S in the next year before worlds.
2: I'm thinking <laughs> it would definitely take us a long way. Yeah. I've only played against, um, uh, Chiswick showalter Um, they came to Cologne once and not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was 2019. um, after, after the tournament in, in Belgium where Joel also played and PJ and um, Jacek were also there. But yeah, it was an eye-opener to how how far ahead they, they really are.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, man, thanks so much for coming on and just uh, being our guest on our first ever episode. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Uh, hearing about you as a person, as a player, and representing Roundnet Germany and just hearing what they're up to. Um, So yeah, we really appreciate you giving us the time. And if you, yeah, just to kind of end it off here, if you have any, I know you've already mentioned some things around that Germany, um, like some social media stuff, but do you you have anything more that you want to share? You can share like a personal personal social media shout out or anything for Roundnet Germany or any clubs that you're involved in. Uh, Just go ahead. We'd love to get people, you know, our listeners even
2: connected with what you guys are up to. Yeah. No, first of all, thank you very much for, for asking me to, to be here. It was an absolute pleasure. Great fun talking to you guys. Um, great seeing how, how world, around that world is developing, um, lots of good things happening at the moment and yeah, um, follow us, around uh, at Germany on Instagram. I think that's where the, we're the most active, um, and like I said before, if you want to get involved with the coaching zone, just write to us, contact at RaunetGermany.de. Um, then we'd be happy to get you involved for just one euro a month um, to go towards developing the sport in Germany. So it's for a good cause. Um, and we're yeah sticking at it to not just help Germany, but to help the international Raunet community giving what we've learned on to anyone else um yeah developing the sport together because that's that's what we all want to achieve at the end of the day
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely well again thank you so much Uh, it was a blast talking to you and yeah we hope to see you at a tournament sometime soon
2: absolutely can't wait nice take care see you all right cheers
1: tuning in to Around the Net, a podcast by Roundnet World. You can find all the previous and upcoming episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe to make sure you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to check out our other awesome content by searching for Roundnet World on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit us at roundnetworld.com to get your hands on some sweet merch, such as our community collection, which helps promote and support awesome Roundnet communities around the world. Do you have a topic you would like us to cover or a person you want us to interview? We'd love to hear from you, and you can get in touch by reaching out through any of our platforms or by emailing us at info at roundnetworld.com. Thanks for listening.